We hit that. You already know who it is. It's the radioactive pop with Danny Limelight. United Wrestling Network, World Heavyweight Champion. And make sure you tune into the Alliance Vlog every week. You heard it here first. Straight from Bobby. We are in a new era for the NWA. We have new champions. We have new sets. We have new production values and things that, uh, well, this ain't your mom and dad's old NWA, daddy. Anyways, uh, we've been doing things a bit differently here at the Alliance Blog Podcast. Uh, I try not to go super long on these episodes. You know, I know time is of the essence. And because this is an audio podcast, uh, you can kind of come and go as you please. But I like to keep the topics uh, briefer than they used to be. Um, But this, I felt like, uh, deserved some time for uh, DKM, Jaden, and myself to talk about this new era of NWA Power and this new episode of Power. Um, So you kind of have a good idea of at least where the Alliance guys stand when it comes to the, uh, the at least the latest episode of Power. So without any further ado, stand by for our thoughts on Power after this. Times are tough now, guys, and it's no joke out here. That's why I'm very proud to be partnering with the Upside app. They're leveling the playing field, guys. They're giving you opportunities to earn cash back on on purchases for groceries, purchases for gasoline, purchases for food. These are the things we all spend our money on all the time. I believe in Upside. I use Upside weekly. My lifetime earnings is over $408. And you too can be earning cash back on your Philips, your groceries, or your eating out experiences just by signing up. And it's free. By using my invite code, J-A-S-O-N-7-5-3-3-8, that's Jason-7-5-3-3-38, you'll earn $5 cash back on your first fill-up. Use the link in the video description or download the app, but make sure you use that invite code, J-A-S-O-N-7-5-3-3-38, and make money by using the Upside app. So first we start off with uh, Max the Impaler defending her, excuse me, defending their television championship against Taylor Rising. We saw Taylor Rising uh, make her debut for the NWA at uh, 75, and uh, she had a match against Natalia Markova on night number two. This match starts off um, exactly how it should. Brutal brutality and 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 violence and everything that's right with uh, Max the Impaler as she, excuse me, as they uh, step into the ring and inflict pain. This is exactly what I want to see from the non-binary version of Big Van Vader. This match went way too long for me. I felt like Tara got far too much offense. I did feel like she did a great job of looking terrified throughout the match. She looked like she was scared to be in the ring with Max. Um, And even though the offense that she did get, uh, very little momentum came from it. And eventually uh, Max gets the victory when she popped her own, their own version. Man, I'm not doing well today. Popped their own version of the popping the trunk. Uh, She connects with it, gets the three count, and then hits hits Taylor again. That brings Markova out. And Joe Galley uh, announces that Markova is 
Max's biggest rival in the NWA. And I, at first I thought, were, were they really rivals? Did, did we get a lot of uh, Max versus Markova? But then I remember uh, at Hard Times 3, the casket match that had almost zero build to it was really the only time that Max has been challenged in the ring. So I thought it was a good match. Jaden, I know you were watching the show for the first time in a long time. What were your thoughts on this? I'm not impressed with Max. Max wasn't mobile enough. Max wasn't mobile enough. Max needs to be more of a locomotive and less of a dusty road stand in the ring and let everybody come to them. That's fair. Um, I think the size was fine. And the match did go too long, and I do think the other girl had too much offense. Should have been, honestly, a squash. Yes. But um, Max just wasn't mobile enough. I want more freight train running over a a victim than somebody running into a brick wall. And I think that's what it was. It was somebody running into a brick wall instead of a brick wall running over them. Yeah. Uh, DK. DK. Oh, shit. Is that a Commodore yes. 64? No, that's a TRS-80. All right. Uh, what did you think of the match? Dual hard drive, though. That was top of the line. Dual floppy drive. Yes. And yes, that when that came out, if you had two floppy drives, that meant you were, you were a serious uh, computer file. You probably did programming. So what was your question, Jay? What did you think of the match? match? Uh, too long. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was all right, but it was too long. Okay. Uh, the Maxisaurus. Uh, that's what Luther has said, the Maxisaurus. Um, all right, let's, let's get back to more wrestling. We got the promo for, say, uh, Saul Wynn. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to screw that up for the next six months. Uh, we got that promo set up. Uh, I thought it was decent enough. I mean, that's the kind of guy you want, Sinister Minister. You want him to, you know, be the voice of your spooky pay-per-view. Um, and I thought he did a good job. Uh, any thoughts on the, the promo, DK or Jaden? I like the promo. I like the video. I mean, the voice. I think they don't need to be put on... Um, Sinister Minister, not that there's anything wrong with him, but I think his voice would have done better if they would have showed more destructive action, this this most destructive pay-per-view in NWA or whatever their, their hyperbole yeah. is. I think it would have been better if they would have showed some destruction um, and let that action show what's happening while the Sinister Minister, James Mitchell, was able to verbally describe what was going to happen. I think that would have been better. DK? Yeah, I mean, actually, Jaden stole almost my entire thought. <laughs> next. Okay. Next. Okay, next, we have the promo uh, with Kyle, Kyle Davis uh, up at the podium behind that uh, nicely lit screen uh, with BFT. That is, of course, Blunt Force Trauma, uh, uh, Carnage and Damage. Uh <sighs> I heard somebody once compare Stevens to Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I, I get where they were trying to go with this. In that Stevens was a, is a multifaceted player. He could be a wrestler. He could be a promo guy. He could be a manager. He could be a, uh, a commentator. 
I really feel that he is very versatile for the roster, but I, I just, as a manager, I don't see him as Bobby the Brain Heenan. I see him more like Jimmy Hart. I think Tim put that thought in my head. Um, he's always bouncing around. He's running around like a lunatic, and sometimes it's distracting from the point he's trying to make. And his promos tend to do that as well. I, I feel like uh, that promo with with uh, with blunt force trauma, like he said so much without saying anything at all, and that's kind of what his uh, hallmark has been with his promos in the NWA. I didn't really care for it. Uh, what what do you would you guys think, Jaden? I hated the background and the way it was looking. I hated that very nineteen late eighties, early nineties look of the, just the moving background. It reminded me of like the, the screen in windows 98 when you would, you know, you let it rest the, the whatever. I just didn't like that. Uh, Aaron Stevens reminds me of a parody of a 1990 mid nineties vampire movie. Yeah. I guess it was a look or whatever. Just reminded me of something you would expect to see in a, like a parody version of a 1990s vampire. Uh, Rock Force Trauma looked good in just standing there and doing nothing. And I guess that's the important thing. Uh, I don't mind the manager as much a role of him. He's definitely not Bobby Heenan. Uh, I'm not even sure if I would say he's Jimmy Hart because he doesn't quite have the same verbal energy that Jimmy Hart does or the annoying high-pitched voice. Come on, baby. One more time, baby. But uh, it was okay. At least they're doing something to get personality over, you know. So not everything, not everything you're going to do is going to be a success, but it's only going to be a success if you try it. Right. And I think they were just trying something. DK. Uh, Steven says a better job putting himself over than he does the team. And I feel like that's a weakness. Uh, overall, I didn't think much of it one way or the other. And you know, like Jaden said, the champions look good just standing there. And of course, I'm. I every time I think of them, I sit there and think if they didn't have the mask on, they would never be in this position. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, that is kind of sad. I mean, even though we know who they are, it's just, is that I mean, fair? No, it's it, it's it's not fair in the greater scheme in that you know. When Harley Race once wrestled under a different name and his dad goes, why are you making somebody else famous? I mean, you know, look, we all know it's Mark Shea Rocket. We all know it's uh, Rodney Mack. And they should be, those are people who should be getting credit for, you know, being the world tag team champions. Uh, you know, not a team that, all called Doom 2.0 because that's what they remind me of. Since they are do, Doom 2.0, though, you, it does kind of bring up one point that somewhat says your statement, but also changes it around a little bit. Ron Simmons and Butch Reed at the NWA weren't doing anything at the time when they were put under the mask as Doom. And while everybody and their mother knew that it was Doom, because there's only two people at the time in wrestling business that look like that, uh, and they're both in the ring out under masks. Uh, once they took the masks off, it really built them up. Maybe that's what happens needs to happen now. They get away from Aaron Stevens, take the mask off, and really move themselves up the card. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, 
And, and I wouldn't hate it if down the road that's what happens too. Um, what did you guys think of the new uh, broadcaster, Sam? Hello. I guess that it says our opinion, right? I don't remember yeah. them. I'm trying to remember them, and I her, don't have any memory her, at all. She's from MLW. Sam, Sam, I can't think of her last name right now. Samsung? I didn't. I couldn't hear her that well. I could hear the wrestlers better than I could hear her. Uh, I don't know. I think by this point, I've gotten used to May, so it, it was just some adjusting. I didn't hate her. Sam Laterna, that's her name. I didn't even realize there was another girl interviewing, so that shows you how much I must have paid attention to that. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, uh, our our pals, our pals uh, over at the other guys, um, Dave Scooby kind of mentioned that Sam was kind of like just a, a, a microphone holder um, where she didn't put interject a lot of her own personality, uh, which is the opposite of May. Uh, obviously, May has kind of like a, a gimmick. But uh, anyways, the promo, uh, or excuse me, the she did a, um, oh, I'm skipping ahead. We'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, the next match was the Immortals versus the Outrunners. Now, I agree with Jaden. I still think that they should have been called the Gods of War because the Immortals just, I don't know. You're not immortal. Hulk Hogan was immortal. Um, this was a good old-fashioned ass-whooping, if you ask me. The fans initially booed the Immortals when they came out, but things changed very quickly during the match. Uh, one of the things I didn't like about it is I felt Turbo played way too much to the crowd. And when his partner was getting smashed by Kratos, uh, he's he's out there like, you know, jaw jacking with the audience. I'm like, bro, your dude's getting killed over there. Maybe you should pay attention to the ring. An uh, audience we couldn't see. Yeah, Yes, an audience you couldn't see. Um, but outside of that, this match was exactly what you'd, you what you'd think it would be. I think exactly what it needed to be was a, a statement match for Odinson and Kratos. They get the victory when Odinson connects with that European uppercut to the back. They called it an unprotected European shot. But I aren't all those uppercuts unprotected? Uh, am I missing something? Uh, DK, what did you think of the match? Uh, you know, it was a good enhancement match. How's that for state? Yeah, I mean, that's what it was supposed to be, right? Yeah, it was, it was what it was. It was good at what it was. I didn't have a problem with it. Jaden, this is probably the first time you've seen the Outrunners. What did you think? Uh, they were okay. They got some good size on them. I, their trunks, I think, are a little distracting. Uh, they got obviously they do have a little bit of ability. They got their butt kicked well. I think the thing that most annoyed me in this match is this is the match that felt most fake. Not necessarily because what's in the ring. It's just because the audience didn't feel like it's really there. It didn't feel like it felt more like somebody doing a television show on professional wrestling and not a professional wrestling television show. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's one of my complaints about Hollywood. It has a similar feeling to it. It just didn't feel like it was a real competition between the two, even if they were getting the outrunners were getting their butt kicked. Um, I also really, really hate um, Odinson's uppercuts now, especially the one he did when the guy was in a snapmare position. He did it from behind and barely looked like he even did anything to him. Yeah. I don't know. He just, for a guy that muscular, it doesn't look like it touches and doesn't look like it hurts as much. He looks like he's too smooth at it and it just doesn't even make any contact, really. Yeah. So I don't like that. Um, that said, though, when he picked up Odinson, I mean, when Odinson, I'm sorry, picked up Kratos and did basically an F5 on top of the other guy. 
Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And I would like to see that happen more often. And I think it's the best. I think I've seen Kratos look since the little bit I've seen of him in the NWA physically, especially, especially. So there's potential there. And I've always, I've always been a proponent for Odinson, even though is I just don't like that uppercut thing he does, but um, I think there's potential there for them to be something. They're going after the U S tag championships, which we, it's nice to somebody wants the U S tag championships. Um, you know, they're building up and that's what they're trying to accomplish and what they want to be contenders for. So uh, that also accomplishes something that make maybe the championship means something, but I'm not at all looking forward to the, the mistame misnamed tag team of the immortals versus Daisy kill and Talos. It just, for some reason that does not excite me. That, that's fair. Um, that leads us to uh, the first promo with, uh, Sam, uh, Lorenta, let's excuse me, Sam Laterna. I'll practice that. Um, she's in the back with a returning Zicky Dice. Now, Zicky made his debut as part of the uh, the 21 man battle royal uh, for the opportunity to challenge the uh, winner of the national title on night one. Uh, Zicky says he's back for one reason and really one reason only it's the title that he felt he didn't get a good enough run with. And I kind of agree with him. I mean, he wins the title, and a month later, the whole world shuts down. Uh, and he describes that the NWA is going to have a TV title tournament, which assuming means that uh, we no longer have a, a TV champion in Tom Latimer without expressing it exactly. Basically, they just spoiled that the uh, at some point Tom Latimer is getting a shot at EC3. And I'm going to tell you it wasn't on any of the episodes of Power. So I feel like uh, they, they kind of told us what the main event's going to be for Sal Wynn without anyone really telling us uh, directly. But uh, we get back to it. They're going to have two back-to-back four-way elimination matches. Uh, and Zicky Dice will be part of one of them. I hate, absolutely hate that this is how they're going to determine the new champion. But uh, Zicky Dice back in the NWA... Uh, DK, I you had previously referenced him as a fungus that was growing on you. Do you still feel that way now seeing him return to the roster and uh, making his intentions know about the TV title? No, a doctor gave me an antifungal and I've been cured of him and it must have been pretty strong because it's still working. <laughs> uh, not the biggest Sicky Dice fan. Uh, it was interesting. I think you helped talk about the TV title more than they did because he he was kind of back and forth. At some points, he made it sound like they were going to be wrestling for the championship, and at other points, he made it sound like they were going to be wrestling to be the top contender for the title. And so, maybe maybe I just uh, put too much into it. Well, I think sometimes when you know stuff, and you know from being at the tapings and, you know, you're hearing what you expect to hear. Uh, honestly, I had to kind of go back and listen and go, wait a minute, what's he saying? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm All surprised right. I wanted to go back and hear what he had to say because I'm just not a Sicky fan. Jaden, are you a Sicky fan? Uh, he doesn't neither move the needle either way for me. I can tell you I don't like him with his darker hair. I think his had more marketable look when his hair was blonder. 
more blonde. Uh, for some reason, he just looks more. He looks older with his hair darker and less impressive. I guess. At least he had. He didn't have. He was never like a superstar physique, but I think it, with he has like he's tried to get himself in better shape since the last I last really saw him. But again, he just looks older in the process. And again, I think it's his hair color. Um, he, he's got some personality, I guess. And NWA needs what they can get. Luthes says Zicky Dice is the Kenny Powers of the NWA. And then uh, our pal Fez says, what about cornrows, Jaden? Would you like to see Zicky Dice with cornrows? Maybe. I mean, I think that's cultural appropriation. I don't think that's allowed anymore. Uh, next up, we get Kyle Davis with. Pretty I always hated that. I know a lot of cultures that are wearing pants nowadays that they didn't get from their own culture. <laughs> I knew that was going to set them off. That, that was copying Bo Derek cultural appropriation. Kyle Davis is in the back with Pretty and Power. Now we have the three members of Pretty and Power, the only three we've seen in quite some time. Obviously, coming off the success of NWA 75, you've got uh, the new women's tag team champions in Ella Envy and Kylie Ray. Uh, it's not Kylie Ray, excuse me, uh, Kylie um, Page. Page. And then we also have uh, uh, Kenzie Page, Kenzie? The, the women's world champion. Man, my brain got frozen there because I said Kylie Ray, just everything froze. Um, the mean girls are still intact, man. They, they are still very mean and, and they are child champions now. Um, you know, they, they, uh, Kyle Davis said that, uh, Kenzie kind of failed upward and that she lost the, uh, the TV title, but that afforded her the opportunity to jump into the, to the, uh, the Burke wins the Burke and it goes back to back on, on nights and, and, uh, wins the title from Camille. Uh, they basically, don't really say a whole lot in this promo. They, they don't have any announced opponents yet for Sal Win, And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's going to change, but the promo itself, it was very just a Mean Girls-esque. Uh, Jane, what did you think of the promo? All right. Kenzie needs to lose the nose rings. I don't know if she wrestles with them. I think she does. But it's just, I don't know. It's very distracting when, it, when she's talking because they move. And I, it's just, it's all I can focus on. And then if you're not focusing on that, you're focusing on Ella Envy making goofy faces and doing all kind of exaggerated movements in the background. Um, I don't remember what they were saying, honestly. I was just watching the, the weird things that were catching my attention. And that's probably not a good thing because the idea is to get themselves over and get their championships over and get the, their opponents over. I think they didn't even really say anything about opponents. I think they just basically said nobody's in their league. Yeah, they, but didn't, again, they, didn't, they didn't mention any opponents yet. All I saw is just, I don't know, it's between Kenzie's nose rings moving around and Ella Envy just making funny and entertaining, but distracting body movements and facial expressions. I don't really even think I even pay attention to the promo. DK? Well, another old belt returned as the larger belt that they had made for Camille within the last few months is probably staying with Camille and uh, Ella Envy had the older belt that needs to be uh, repaired, reconditioned, uh, replated, refurbished. Yes. And replaced. It's a real. I actually like the belt, but it certainly needs to be replated. 
I'd, I'd replay to gold this time, but that's just me. Uh, in wrestling, I always say there's kind of like three types of promos. There's the sell your opponent promo, the sell the match promo, and then the sell yourself promo. That's which is, you know, the generic one. Ric Flair was really good at those where he'd go out and talk about all the people he's beaten, all the people, you know, you know, he's had to wrestle and no one's in his league and stuff like that. And I feel like for Pretty Empowered, the, you know, the Four Horsemen, of course, did a lot of them. And I felt like Pretty Empowered was trying to do that type of promo, that sell themselves. I, it didn't work great for some of the reasons that uh, Jaden pointed out. And then the fact that they were actually asked, you know, well, who do you see as your top challenge? Who do you see, and they're kind of, mm, yeah, you know, whatever. And it's just like, well, of course, you know, there's like two female tag teams. And so, and I guess we saw the birth of another one at the beginning of the show. So, yeah, I don't know. So it didn't, It didn't work for me, dog. It was a little bit pitchy. <laughs> Fuzz says the they do the whiny head twitch thing every time. It's a it's little girl heel stuff that needs to grow up. You can see Kenzie starting to get starting to get it a little bit and be harder focused than falling back. Um, she's, I, better, I, on her, she's better on her own when doing yes. promos than she is with the three of them. I see. I so what what. Jaden was complaining about Ella as part of what I find charming about her. The facials, the 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 fact that she's always emoting, um, that resonates with, I think, the viewer. You see it. You see how she's behaving. It kind of sticks with you. So for me, I, that to me is okay. But I, I agree, like, the whole, like, you didn't really put yourself over that well. And you didn't really put anything else over well. So, like, what was the point? What happened then, next? And then our pal Luther says, uh, "Pretty Empower reminds me of the girls who smoke Marlboro Reds in the sixth grade." Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> their voices would be a little more raspy if that were the case. Then they would sound like the Hawaiian. Uh, anyways, um, next up we get Brady Pierce and Ro versus Rolando Freeman. Now, uh, there had been seeming, seemingly some dissension in the ranks for quite some time with the Spectaculars. Uh, Obviously, that culminated in uh, Rolando and Brady coming to blows during the Battle Royal. Rush Freeman being eliminated, Rolando being eliminated, and then Brady Pierce eventually getting eliminated as well. Um, this match, uh, I agreed. I think Fuzz said it earlier. Or maybe it was uh, Matthew. I don't know. One of you guys said that this match should have been over a lot quicker. I felt so, too. Um, it, it, if you're trying to push uh, Brady Pierce as a badass, then he shouldn't be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Rolando Freeman. I get that he beat Matt Cardona. I get that he's had a few uh, surprise victories, but he's still four foot nothing, 75 pounds of nothing. I don't know. This should have been over like in like a minute. Uh, you know, if I was booking this, I'd have rather seen Rush and Pierce with Rolando on the outside. I kind of hate the fact that the fans are so much behind Rolando. I don't know. I feel like... When I was there, I kind of felt like I was in this negaverse because it's like everybody there was so excited to see Rolando, and I'm over here going, God, this guy sucks. He's and the I, new I, question mark. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, 
hopefully this like this is the conclusion. Hopefully there's this is done now. Uh, I, I mean, I want to see Pierce move into something bigger, something better. Uh, the guy has a great look. Maybe he needs some coaching on his promos. I'm not sure, but uh, whatever's holding him back, they should they should solve that with. Uh, look, we joked around about it before, but I'm serious. I think now's the time that like this guy needs Poyo. This guy needs Poyo, and I think if he had Poyo in his corner, he would be the next big thing out of the NWA. Uh, Jaden, what did you think about this matchup? Rey Mysterio was a smaller wrestler who had something special. Before yes. Rey Mysterio, there was the one, two, three kid, uh, whatever you want to call him, Xbox. He had something special when he was the smaller guy getting the wins. Even in ECW, the Mikey Whipwreck and then later Spike Dudley had something unique and special to them. Rolando has none of it. <laughs> he has he has abnormally large, long arms for such a weirdly shaped short guy. And that's not special. That just belongs in a freak show. All right. Um, he just, it's, please just get rid of him. And if the fans like them, then, the, you know, they have to stop smoking marijuana. Whatever they were sniffing, whatever glue it was, whatever it is, get over it. It's stupid. And you don't need to be singing. You don't need to be wasting your energy trying to get it over because you think it's entertaining when it's in reality an embarrassment. And that's what it is, an embarrassment. DK. DK. One. <laughs> uh, I didn't mute anything. I didn't fast forward anything because I wanted to give this entire show a, you know, a shot with the new era and things like that. But this match was a very old era and I was very sad while I watched it and very frustrated that it lasted longer than 27 seconds. That's so that's fair. I have no problem with midgets getting beat up, but it doesn't need to be a match. It just needs to be a slaughter. It, 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 it needs to be all the things he sends me on Instagram. Oh, well, actually, uh, I, I found out Jaden does not like uh, the little people. They get short with me. Um, I will say this. Um, I, I think we're all in agreement that that match went way too long. Um, and and when you have a guy like you're trying to put over Brady Pierce, I think the last thing you need to do is have uh, somebody like uh, Rolando get a match out of him. You know what I mean? Like there there should have been two squashes on this show tonight, and this should have been the second one, or or maybe even three, really. Um, but but this definitely should have been a, a much quicker match. Uh, next up, we have uh, Sam uh, Laterna in the back with uh, Kooa and. Kalis and Kohoa Laksamana uh, is he's not bad on the mic. I don't think he's great, but he did a good job of, he puts over Alonzo and homicide, um, which I, I think that's a very special skill set. And I know it sounds stupid, but like he put over his opponents and Jaden taught me this once before uh, when he was coaching promos, you never just bury your opponent because if you beat them, what does that say about you? You beat a loser, but then if you lose to them, then you got beat by a loser. So I, I feel like that still stands. And that's something that uh, my pal Jaden told me a long time ago. Um, he, he mentions that next week he teams with Colby Carino against Tomicide and Alonzo, um, which that's kind of a weird pairing considering that they were just beating the crap out of each other 
uh, a few nights earlier. And and then uh, Kalis uh, Malia pitches her two cents in on this match. And it mentions that Ricky Morton uh, uh, basically just trash talked him. And, and you know, he's it's, the referee. He's going to be the special referee. Yeah. I mean, I look, this isn't going to be a good match. This is going to be more of the same with this whole Rolando bullshit. But uh, Kalise has been the subject of Rick, uh, Ricky's affection as of late in recent weeks. But Kalise hopes that a victory for, for Kobe and Koa will mean a title shot at. Sal win for Koa. So uh, I, I really feel like this would have been um, should have not had the uh, valet speak. Uh, Koa did a good enough job getting himself over, putting Colby over, putting over Alonzo and uh, and Homicide. I don't think uh, he needed his manager to speak up on this one. Uh, DKM, what say you? Uh... You know, it would make more sense if he had actually ever won a match. And kind of the same thing with the TV title match at the beginning. It's like it might mean more if she had actually won something before she got to challenge for the title. Hey, you lost to Markova. We're going to put you in a title match now. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. Yeah, that's that. the NWA tends to use that logic under Billy. Uh, so again, I already know that Jim Cornette would call him uh, Koa laxative, and uh, his his promo was fine, but it's hard to get into again when he's never won. Uh, she spoke, and I thought, you know, that. Was not the voice I was expecting out of her. <laughs> uh, we we kind of when we were at the uh, the anniversary show and and maybe she just had a rough night. Maybe her voice is a little rough. Maybe she sings you know and on church on Sundays. I don't know, but uh, we affectionately referred to her as Doctor Girlfriend. Uh, if you watch Venture Brothers, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, it just not the voice I was expecting. A uh, little Rocky Horror Picture Show-ish for me. Uh, yeah. Next, what else happened? Gaden, <laughs> you want to? You have two cents. You want to throw in on that? No. All right. Uh, next up, we have Kyle Davis with the world's heavyweight champion EC3. Um, this is again EC3 is up at the at the uh, podium again. Uh, he, you know. When EC3 entered the NWA, it was a lot of the same rhetoric that Matt Cardona was using that, oh, I'm here to save it. Oh, I'm here to to do this, to do that, that the NWA is for the nostalgic wrestling alliance. And he still, he, he kind of still mentions that, but then he, he puts over the brand. He puts over some of the former champions of yesteryear. And then the overman acknowledges that this is a new era for the NWA. EC offers that he will defend the 10 pounds of gold all over, including Mars and the fourth dimension. Uh, this is evident if you look at his upcoming booking schedule. Again, he's going to be in Columbus, Ohio for, for his show, Exodus Pro. He's going to be in Iowa for, um, I, I can't remember that promotion's name right off the top of my head, but uh, then he's got the two title defenses uh, set, one of them in uh, in Ohio, the other one in New Jersey. He's definitely leading up to what he said he would do and 
by for that reason, I'm I'm all in on him. Um, he says he's coming for Tom Latimer next week, which sounds like they're building uh, the blocks to a matchup at Win. But again, that that uh, you don't necessarily uh, get any of that from this uh, promo. Uh, Jaden, what did you think about EC3's first promo uh, on Power? They all said Spartacus, but I think more like Julius Caesar. Okay. Um, I like the outfit, honestly. It's very Roman-esque, and he <laughs> does have a Roman gladiator slash praetor slash, you know, uh, soldier of fortune vibe to him that I kind of like. Uh, his hair does bother me because it looks <laughs> like a Brillo pad. But... Um, He's got that. Yeah, he's got the same hair as all the guys at the gym, who are wearing the little tank tops and recording their Instagram videos, or the TikTok videos at the gym instead of actually working out. But you can tell, EC3 does work out, and it was a good promo. Um, he put himself over it, put the championship over, put over the future of the NWA, try to build some goodwill with the changes and making it look like it is a new era and something has changed. And, you know, that narrative definitely needed to be changed to quote DK. Um, I think it added a little excitement and I'm more happy with him being a champion, just physically, just the way he looks and carries himself as a champion. I think it's an improvement of what they had in the past. DK. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we need as a champion right now. May not have been my first pick, but I think he's a he's the right pick. Uh, wasn't fond of his Greek tragedy outfit. Wasn't fond of his Mars comment or fourth dimension. But overall, he was saying what needed to be said as far as being the champion and going out there and uh, defending the title. So, you know, I'm going to give him a, a pass on the promo overall. Uh, dye your hair back all dark. I don't like the blonde. I don't think that was blonde. I think it was just the lighting. Well, it may be Sandy Brown, but I don't think that was just the lights reflecting off of it. Uh, finally, I thought it was we, Sandy Cheeks. Oh, I know Twin Peaks. I know uh, Dusty Bottom. I don't. The know Fixers that. versus know that. the Fixers versus the Southern Six. This is your main event for the night. We have a obscure version of the Fixers. I mean, I'm so used to seeing Wrecking Ball and Jay Bradley. Well, easy for me to say. Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Jay Bradley. So it was a little bit to my chagrin that we had Matt Vine and The Fixer taking on the Southern Six. Now, obviously, uh, the Six don't do jobs in Nashville. Um, Ligurski and, and shows his power early on against Alex Taylor and uh, and a little bit on carry, too. But then he gets halted very quickly when it's the Thrillbilly Silas Mason in the ring. And that had a very good look to it and i'm not saying that this is the feud that uh we necessarily want for our pal thrillbilly his first time out uh, as the uh national champion but i i don't hate it if this matchup leads to a, a title match between the two uh I, I think i'm in on it i think i'm okay with that um 
because you know when you see Le- Wrecking Ball Ligurski in the ring and he can't just muscle somebody around, that's that's saying something. Uh, I overall I love the energy that you get from the Southern Six. I know that they're supposed to be heels, uh, but they're so Freebird esque that it's it's hard not to just root for these guys. Um, I, I enjoy the heck out of watching these guys. Carrie is such a spaz on the outside, and he's screaming and yelling and. And he's doing the crotch chops and all that other stuff. It's 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 like heel one hundred and one. Um, Alex Taylor gets his ass kicked, uh, but Kerry comes in and gets the victory uh, with a well placed knee. Um, one thing I didn't like is that you know if the fixers are the, supposed to be this four man unit with Jay Bradley, who obviously wasn't in this match, he doesn't have his manager's license apparently. Uh, but Wrecking Ball is. Uh, partnered with Matt Vine and the fixer. I don't understand why he gets so upset that they're doing, they're doing the fixer thing. Like they're, they're part of the group. It's, it's a thing now that I don't know. I, I just, to me, that just kind of, uh, you know, I know wrecking ball. Ligurski is kind of a goofball in the NWA. Anyways, I know he's not like that elsewhere. I, I know that uh, when he wrestled for dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators, he was a lot more serious. I have seen him, some of his stuff on the Northeast. He's a lot more serious, but in, in, uh, the NWA, he's kind of a goofball. Jaden, what did you think of this version of Wrecking Ball Ligurski? What did you think of this version of the Fixers? And am I right about the Southern Six or am I wrong? Well, first of all, why didn't he call Patch and Vinny the Fixer? That would have made way more sense. He was an honorary member of the old school empire. God, I'm sorry, Jay, what were you saying? That'd be a hell of a lot goofier too. Yeah, but he's he's not a member of uh, the old school empire and he's Patch's cousin, so... Maybe should have brought them in instead of Master Brony number one and random red shirt number two. Um, but it was obviously they were just there to get lose. I, I don't know what would happen or why um, why Jay Bradley wasn't a, a part of the television taping or something like that. But it, it should have just been Wrecking Ball and then some other le- like real tag team or pseudo tag team instead of the Fixtures LLC. That said, though, uh, there is something special with two out of the three members of the uh, Southern Six, which I still think is a stupid name. The more I hear about it, the more I hate it. <laughs> but the more, um, hear, the more I like it, but go ahead. Uh, maybe it's because I have an education I can count, but I, maybe that's why I don't like it. But... Um, you have a New Jersey education. Don't get too excited now. We actually have one of the highest educational uh, standards in America. <laughs> so I don't want to hear anything on that. And, and, and yet it produced you. Oh. <laughs> Wait, you guys You're right. A super genius that I am. It did. Anyway, uh, though, uh, they should just uh, come uh, something uh, the Redneck where? Wrecking Crew or the, or the uh, Fabulous Firebirds or something else besides the Sinister Six. Southern made sense so, whatever it's still stupid <laughs> but anyway i like the team and i reckon ball's a star carrie martin has turned himself into a star despite everybody else's wishes on the other on the other end you know it was obvious he was going to be something and he finally let himself out and he's finally doing something and hopefully eventually getting it out of his father's shadow the other guy i don't know he just he's there I just he doesn't do it for me, and maybe I'm wrong, Alex Taylor or something. Uh, he's just he's there. He needs more. Maybe it's because the other two overshadow him too much. That might be possible too. Let, they they may be sucking all the charisma out, and he doesn't have a chance to show it. Let me ask you this before DKM get jumps on. What were your thoughts on Buddy Roberts with the Freebirds? 
Buddy Roberts, I hated the most because he always lost as a fan. I just, he, I'm like, why is he a the free bird? He's always getting his butt kicked. But I realized later that was his job. I don't feel that Alex Taylor is good enough getting his butt kicked to make me angry that he's losing. Not because I want him to win, but because, you know, he's obviously he's there and he's, he's the one that's always getting pinned and something. He just doesn't have that ability that Buddy Roberts had, and he was nowhere near the worker Buddy Roberts was, and he couldn't definitely can't outdrink Buddy Roberts. <laughs> he could try. He don't even look like he throw himself through a table like Buddy Roberts did. <laughs> uh, it's just I don't know. He's he's there, and again, it might just be the magnanimous nature of the other two. It's just something. Pal Fuss says that's his problem, Jaden. Alex never steps out of his character. He's a little imp toady kid who tags along with the big bully in the Christmas story. That's a good call out, actually. Yes. Uh, Perfect. Perfect analogy. <laughs> but does uh, that make uh but does that make uh, does that make um Silas the little redheaded kid? He's gotta be right. Yeah. Or even the dog, the the little dog that followed the big bully dog, you know, like in the cartoons and then eventually became the boss after, after a while. That's Chester, right? That's the sure. I think, I think that's I don't the uh, anyway, DK, I do want to get your take on this one before we wrap it up for the night. Um, thoughts on the Southern six thoughts on the fixers LLC and thoughts on this match. Uh, Southern six, you know, I'm just going to focus on the Alex Taylor part. Uh, yeah, he's in the Buddy Roberts role, but one Buddy Roberts, in a way, was the best worker in the Freebirds. Two, Buddy Roy Roberts was an annoying prick who you wanted to see get his ass kicked. You know, he went out there and talked up the promos and everything like that. He was he was a Tully Blanchard esque heel. Well, that. people really liked him in the background, though. That's the difference. Yes, but uh, Buddy was <laughs> Buddy was somebody who the fans wanted to see get their ass kicked, and so that's why you were always happy to see him wrestle alone because you knew he was going to get his ass kicked. See, I, I slightly disagree with you. Michael Hayes is the one they wanted to see get his ass kicked. Buddy Roberts just was the one they enjoyed watching him get his ass kicked. Well, the, in the Freebirds overall, I will agree with you, but Buddy on his own still gave annoying promos. I mean, what he was feuding with Iceman Parsons wasn't the free. The Freebirds were peripheral to it, but he was the one that was feuding with Iceman Parsons, and it kind of got to the thing you want to see Buddy get his ass kicked. Now, we were all hoping that that would move on to Michael Hayes and it didn't happen for a couple of different reasons. Mainly Michael Hayes didn't want to. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, Buddy would go out and another way to compare it was Buddy was kind of in the Jerry Briscoe spot where he would go out as the smaller guy and talk all the crap, but he had his big brother to help back him up. And that's kind of what Buddy Roberts would do. He would go out and talk all the crap, but he had his two big brothers there to back him up. So 
if if you're going to put Taylor in the Buddy Roberts role, so to speak, then he needs to be out there. He needs to be out there, you know, busting tops and you know, getting a little too big for his britches. Uh, when, it, when it comes to the fixers, I hated the lineup. And, you know, as soon as I saw Mask Guy out there, we all knew Mask Guy was going to be the one to take the pin. Mask Guy was the one who took the pin. That horrible drop kick where, of course, it didn't, uh, didn't affect him. He didn't even hit him. So, it was... I... I I didn't like the match overall. I didn't. I didn't want Matt Vines. I can at least appreciate the mask dude. We knew what was going to happen, so no. Uh, overall, I was under um, underwhelmed by this thing. Ricky Morton was an annoying little. Uh, not Ricky Morton. Carrie uh, Morton. Carrie Morton was an annoying little bitch, which is what he needs to be. <laughs> so Matt Vines should change his name to Hollywood Matt Vines. Well, they call him Matty Ice on uh, uh, other places. That's why he had it on his tights. Um, I like Matty Ice for him. I don't know. I think it's JC Ice, and that brings I, back I a lot of flashbacks. Had a partner named Hollywood. Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. What's John Tatum doing today? Uh, last time I saw drugs. Yeah, last time I saw him, let's just say he is in less ring shape than Ricky Morton. Um, go, going back to to Matt Vine, um, I don't know. I I'm gonna reiterate, and I'm gonna stick up for the 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 fixers LLC. I know you guys didn't care for him, but I, here's what I liked about them. Um. With, like you guys, the mask guy is a dead giveaway. If you got a guy in a mask, you don't regularly see him. Of course, he's going to do the job ski, right? Like that's that's. It's going to put him in a red shirt. I would have made it even more obvious. <laughs> um, I don't mind that the fixers are growing in population. Like they they announced them as the fixers, uh, a limited liability corporation. Or yeah, um, and, and I don't mind that. Um, They're franchises. That's what happens when you get a franchise. You get a crappy owner that screws it all up. Um. We'll see. Uh, we'll see Jay Bradley in the coming weeks, and, and like he was there for the tapings. Um, they just opted to use him in a different role. Uh, but yeah, they, the the group is growing. Um, but I, I I really like Matt Vine a lot. I still like Wrecking Ball Ligurski a lot. Um, I'm glad that they're out of the title picture for a while. Um, and I wouldn't hate to see you know you know uh, through Billy and uh, and and. Uh, Ligurski feud a little bit more down the road. Um, and then going back to Alex Taylor, I don't know, man. I, I see a lot of potential in Alex Taylor. And may, maybe I like the gimmick. I really do like this Southern Six gimmick. So maybe I'm biased. But I just feel like uh, there's potential. In it, and he can come through. But uh, obviously, it's still kind of early uh, for that group. Um, I did like the line that Media Mike said, Buddy was scrappy do. Alex is scrappy don't. Uh, Matthew Underwood says, I have a good feeling about Alex getting over our pal fuzz says season six is Billy letting people's real life friendships and marriages take precedence over solid booking. I'm still bitter that they squashed Mason's baby face energy. I like, I like where throw Billy's at right now, but I'm, 
like I said, I'm biased. Uh, Matthew Underwood says the NWA needs the uh, Southern Six Faction more than Babyface Mason. That payoff was always a heel turn. I don't disagree with that. Fuzz says I prefer Matt Twizzler, but that's just me. Mandy says, what's with the LLC in their name? And, and we just, uh, Jane had a pretty good explanation. Like, you know, it's a, they're franchising out maybe. Um, Mike says Matt Vine doesn't belong with the Fixers. I agree with that as well. They need some goofy dude to be in there. Rush Freeman would be perfect for it, except for the Fixers hate Rush Freeman. Well, um, adding, adding people and even Ligurski in this thing was more serious than he had been in the fully goofy days. Yeah. And remember, when the Fixers first came out, they weren't goofy. And then the orig- and originally even uh, Ligurski wasn't he was more dumb than goofy, you know, not not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Yeah. But yes, the LLC, that actually falls back to Freebird Inc. Which is the way they would sign the contracts, which is the what reason that you never knew which, which two of the three would be in the tag team match. Because you, and so that's kind of what they're doing with the fixers. They're bringing in these other people. It's like, well, you never know who you might actually have to wrestle as the fixers because they're a limited liability company, and that's who you're signing. That's who's signing the contract. So maybe it'll be Ligurski and and uh, Bradley. Maybe it'll be, uh, or maybe it'll be Ligurski and Vines, or Bradley and uh, the the mask dude, who I don't think has a name. No, it's just the fixer. That's his yeah. name. And so uh, that's the concept behind it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have the problem with them making the fixers serious. Uh, in fact, you know, if they could do something like, would you rather see Ligurski and Vine challenge for the U.S. tag team titles? Because that's kind of a different team. I don't know that they need four people, though. That's that's the problem that you get in there. Is you don't need the master brony for sure. Yeah. I heard rumors of who it is, and I think as goofy as that person is would have actually fit better than the mask goof. I would agree. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Jay, wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Hey, guys, first and foremost, thanks for hanging out with us. Sorry about the camera dysfunction in DKM just didn't want to be on camera. Um, this is, uh, you know, we do this every Thursday. We like talking wrestling with you guys. It's honestly the highlight of my week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are so much fun because uh, I get to talk to you guys. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Tuesday for the pre-party. And, of course, the other, pre-party. Guys here, <laughs> the other guys will be here Wednesday. And then we'll be back again next Thursday, hopefully, with more functioning cameras. Uh, Jaden, if someone wants to follow you on the socials, how can they do that? Uh, good luck. I don't have them. Oh, well, then never mind. Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators has them, though. And if you go to dogproresting.com, click on the links, it'll take you to all of the ways to see Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators, including the YouTube page, which has a whole bunch of really good wrestling matches and matches with Daredevil Dave Dahl on them. <laughs> you can go and see, including the match with Wrecking Ball Ligurski and the true fixers, Vinny the Fixer and Patch, and a six man, and they're beating up Dave Dahl too. So that's always that alone's worth seeing. Win, win, win. Uh, yeah, and I would go out of the way. In fact, 
maybe you should put it in the chat so they can check it out real quick. But I definitely make sure you go check and like and comment, subscribe and share. Give it to your friends, give it to your enemies, make sure they all see it. And um, post all the matches and tell everybody how great it is. And uh, if you guys would be so uh, so inclined, I'd figure that'd be a personal favor to the Alliance because Dog Pro Wrestling has been a very supportive uh, uh, friend to the uh, to the Alliance for quite some time. We've been covering their events uh, going back to like I think 2010, 2011, almost since the beginning, Jaden. And uh, if you guys would check out their YouTube or their website or their uh, social media presence. I'd consider that a favor because like I said, they're like family to, to me anyways. So uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. You can follow me at the Alliance blog. DKM, where can they follow you at? Uh, go to a social media site, look for DKM FWTX. If I'm on it, that's what I'm under. Uh, the only place where I tend to talk about wrestling at all is on Twitter. X. So, Twitter. Uh, it's, it's not X until it stops telling me it's <laughs> Twitter. And, uh, so, and I don't do X signs either. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, sorry. Don't annoy me. That's the number one rule. All right, guys. Send him cat you. videos and videos of midgets getting beat up and he seems to be happy. Jesus Christ. Well, I hated it. Okay, guys, have a good night. We'll see you next time at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance. Thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, the premier source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. Would you consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode? You can follow us on all social media at the Alliance Blog, and we stream live on Twitch, Kick, and YouTube every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Alliance Blog. Until then... We are the Alliance.